Good morning, everyone, and welcome to All Things Russell on Laker Country 104.9 WJRS. Jeff Hoover and Tony Kerr finally back in the studio and uh, due to the holiday and some illness and other things. Tony, it, uh, uh, we've, we've been off two or three weeks, and it feels good to be back with uh, another what I think is going to be a really, really good program this morning. That's right, Jeff. Uh, just a brief winter sabbatical, that's what we call it. Nice, uh, you know, get through the holidays and then everything else. And, of course, we're always uh, uh, negotiating uh, COVID, but uh, it is good to be back. And good morning, everyone. Uh, before we get started, I want to say good morning uh, to Nick Shear. Saw Nick. He's excited we're back. And, uh, of course, Nick is the new executive director of Lake Cumberland Community uh, Action. And uh, good morning to Nick. It's hard to hard to not say mayor you know yeah, yeah. well <laughs> he, he's still a mayor you know <laughs> he, he's just a mayor at a different location right yeah but he's uh doing a great job as he gets uh, started with uh, an agency that does a lot of things to help a lot of people yeah. and uh, and uh, we again wish him uh, the very best but yeah it's great to be back uh have you wintered well jeff uh, cold but well you know, I've got a lot of insulation, so I think I've wintered pretty well. <laughs> I can't wait till the warmer weather to get out and walk a little bit. man that weighs 300 pounds has an advantage on people in cold weather, you know. <laughs> You're going to stay warm, though. I'm going to stay warm. We, uh, this morning on All Things Russell, we're going to talk to Michael Carpenter, Athletic Director at Russell County High School. Um, just a whole lot of things going on in athletics, and we're going to talk with... Uh, Mr. Carpenter, about those things. We're also going to talk with Kim Taylor. Tony, Kim is the manager at Kentucky Fried Chicken in Columbia and now in Russell Springs as well and is doing just a fantastic job. And um, There's so many people excited about Kentucky Fried Chicken coming to Russell County. And uh, Derek Aaron and Zach Oaks and I were talking yesterday. We put a post up on Facebook of a picture of the new Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurant with the sign outside said opening soon. Over 30,000 views on that and almost 300 people commenting and sharing their excitement. So so we're going to talk to Kim and say, you know, what's the deal? You know, Tell us what's going on that everybody's so, did, so excited about. Did you cause that traffic jam up there all week? <laughs> it's hard to get in there and get you a chicken leg. But, uh, you know, KFC, Jeff, is the second largest uh, – fast food chain in the world, only behind McDonald's. They have 24,000 locations Worldwide. in 150 countries. Yeah, People love that chicken. And Yum Brands headquartered in Louisville. Uh, you know, they also own Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. Yeah. Under And Pepsi is their parent company. So uh, big company. And it's been a long time coming here, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it has been. And we're excited about it. So we're going to talk to Kim Taylor in a little bit. Also, uh, we're going to talk to Amber Hale with the Kentucky Transportation Cabinet in Somerset. Uh, we had Amber on the news uh, a couple of weeks ago about the repairs to Wolf Creek Dam and where things were. And uh, Amber has an update for us this morning, as well as uh, an update on 127 project that so many of us have been working on and concerned about for several years. And then uh, the last few minutes of the program, we're going to talk to Mayor Regina Hinton, city of Jamestown, about her first 30 days in office. You know, what? what's it like, uh, Mayor, uh, your first 30 days? We're looking forward to that um, uh, a little later in the program as well. Want to tell you about some upcoming programs because I think you're going to be uh, really excited about these. Next Friday, uh, Jim Gray, Secretary of Transportation uh, for the Commonwealth of Kentucky, former mayor of Lexington, a good friend of mine who grew up uh, in Glasgow, has a lot of Russell County connections. A lot. Through his construction company. Yeah, through Gray Construction. And uh, Secretary Gray is going to be on the program next Friday, and we're going to talk with him about his Russell County connections, his love for this area, and about 127 and where things are. On February the 11th, two weeks from today, uh, we're going to have a history of the Bank of Jamestown. Tony, and you've talked with some folks there at the bank, and I know uh, they're excited about being on the program to share the oldest bank in Russell County. They're the oldest business, us, okay. period. 
1899, still operated. That's uh, so it's the oldest business bank, whatever. That's still operating. Yeah, that's that's uh, continuously operating, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, w- back last fall we had. Uh, uh, First National Bank in here. I'm talking about uh, the history of that bank uh, with uh, uh, Charlene and, and Ronald uh, up here, Ronald Hopper, and uh, you know we decided. Well, let's look at also the Bank of Jamestown. It's been sure. been around a, a long, long time, and uh, it's going to be a lot interesting and, and a lot of history there. Yeah, and so we're going to do that the history of the Bank of Jamestown on February the 11th. On February the 18th, this is something I am really looking forward to. Um, Some of the older folks have heard of Silas Sullivan. Mr. Carpenter sitting here, he's got a blank stare. I don't think he's heard of Silas Sullivan. We're going to reintroduce you. (laughs) Silas Sullivan was uh, an attorney, uh, a candidate for numerous offices, never won an election, uh, but was known all across the state of Kentucky for his speaking skills, for being a great orator, and actually spoke before a joint session of the Kentucky legislature. And uh, David Cross has done a lot of research and work on the life of Silas Sullivan, and we're doing some more right now. And so that program, uh, The Life and History of Silas Sullivan, will be on the radio on uh, February the 18th. On February the 25th, it is FFA week, and we're going to have a history of FFA in Russell County uh, with some former ag teachers at the high school and, and others. That'll be a great program. I was in ag four years. Loved it. Herb Davis, Billy Frank Ryder are uh, my advisors. The reason, Jeff, I got uh, the job here at the radio station was Billy Frank Ryder and your dad. Uh, were great friends, and your dad was looking for somebody to work Sundays and just run programming. Yeah. And Billy Frank said, "I've got the guy." Yeah, and uh, rem- I've and, heard that story. And, and Billy knew I needed uh, needed work and liked it. And uh, uh, but I love Billy Frank and I loved Herb Davis. Well, FFA's meant so much to so many people yep. over the years. It's a great program, and we're going to talk about that on February the twenty fifth, March the fourth. History of Russell County Lady Laker basketball. Uh, that'll be right in district tournament time. You know, it only began in the uh, mid-70s, I can recall, when high school girls basketball began. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have some of those former players some in the early years talk about them, some of our former coaches. Yeah, Jeff, you know, the generation uh, now, they think it's always been around. But, no, uh, Lady Laker basketball or just the Title IX programs have uh, – just been around less than 50 years. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It is. And, and you think, uh, and I guess you remember in grade school, there were no girls That's teams. Right. And uh, Title IX changed that uh, coming out of Washington and that uh, uh, it's meant a difference. Uh, well, it should have happened before. I mean, obviously, we recognize that now. But uh, anyway, a lot of good programs over the next several weeks, and uh, we're glad to be back and back in full swing. And this morning, we're glad to be joined by our athletic director, Michael Carpenter. Good morning, Mr. Carpenter. Good morning. Thank you all for having me. A lot of things going on, right? <laughs> yes, a lot of things going on. It's getting close to tournament time, and uh, bowling teams in the regional tournament today. Girls bowled yesterday for the boy, boys are today, and then the individuals tomorrow. So a lot of things going on. And you, swim team just finished uh, yep, their swim. home schedule last night. Yeah, they wrapped up last night, and we'll get the entries sent in today, and they'll be getting the swim region at Elizabethtown uh, next week. So a lot of things going on. How, how much of an advantage do we have having – uh, the natatorium here because uh, nobody around has one hardly it, they, they, it, it's <laughs> wonderful and, and and i was talking to coach prater uh the other day uh one of the benefits of it and having such a nice facility is everybody wants to come to you so our swim team has only had one away meet in two years part of that was for covid <laughs> but everybody wants to come and be at this facility and yep. and and be at that level that you would see in a postseason somewhere so and, and you know when the funding was provided uh for the anc the the whole thing back in uh, 2006 a lot of criticism from local people about was it needed was it necessary um but how many kids in the last five years or so have come to the swim program oh there's been there's been a lot of kids from middle school level up and we've had I mean, I know a couple of, hundred of them. Oh, right? at least a, yeah, yeah, at least a couple hundred, probably more than that. And then on top of that, we've 
you had at least five or six to sign scholarships to swim at the next level. Yeah. So it's providing them an education. So it's it, it's an amazing program, and you know just appreciate all the work that that Coach Debbie Lloyd did yep, uh, getting absolutely. that. She was very instrumental, and then Coach Prater, uh, she she stepped right in and carried on. So. You know, it, it's it's a really good program. Those kids put a lot of hard work in. In a bowling team that's all new, just the last few years, and and you're seeing some success there as well. Yes, our bowling team. Uh, I began as athletic director in 2015, and our bowling bowling team actually came about then due to an interest survey for the KHSAA, and uh, we've had region championships. We've had individuals win region. Uh, and our bowling team this year is one of the favorites to win the region again. Uh, you know, that's just awesome yep. in a short period of time. So you've got swimming, you've got bowling, basketball, full full speed right now, heading into district tournament play. Full. And if one game canceled tonight, we just Yes, I, I just got mentioned this morning after talking to our district nurse, uh, our actual girls basketball team was quarantined as of 7.45 this morning. So – uh, the games tonight will be a JV varsity at Boys County. Only. Boys only. It will start at 6 o'clock. And also Monday night was supposed to be a doubleheader with Medcalf County. That is now going to be a uh, JV varsity, boys only. Uh, and then we'll be back to going full steam ahead on Wednesday. Now that's Tuesday, right? Medcalf oh, I'm County. Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yes, I'm sorry. So tonight at Clinton County is boys only JV varsity. Yes. And Tuesday night at home, Medcalf is boys only JV and varsity. Yes, yes, that's correct. So, uh, and, and then the girls' team, they were not scheduled to play anymore next week. I've already talked with Mike Beard, the athletic director at Clinton County, and as of right now, uh, we're going to try to get the girls' game made up next Friday okay. night at Clinton. He's going to move. They have a non-district game that they've added with Wayne County, but he said they would be flexible and try to work our district game because we'll have to get that one made up and also Medcalf County's okay. girls made up. And, and we want to say on a programming note, uh, tonight we were – of course, going to broadcast the girl-boy doubleheader at Clinton. Girls game is now postponed due to quarantine, uh, but we will not be able to broadcast the boys game due to COVID with some of our staff here at the radio station. Um, we're short-staffed and have no one to operate uh, the uh, control board tonight, so the boys game uh, will not be broadcast tonight, unfortunately. Um, but we do have an exciting announcement. We are going to broadcast the middle school eighth grade conference championship Monday night around 6 o'clock. Our, our own Russell County Middle School team uh, playing for the conference championship. And Tony and Michael, we're going to have it on the radio. It's a, a yes. lot of excitement about that team. That's a, that that's that's going to be an amazing experience for them. Uh, it was got a real good group of of young men talent coming up. I've got to watch them play this year, uh, a couple of different occasions, a few different occasions. And uh, I was getting updates last night when I was in Tompkinsville. <laughs> We're down two. We're and then uh, then uh, they they then won I, it ex in an exciting fashion, right? Yes, I think it was six seconds left and. Uh, and Maddox Shear hit a three to put us up two and won it. And I got to see the replay. Uh, and it's just uh, exciting times for him. Yeah. So, folks, we're going to have that on the radio Monday night. Again, cannot do the uh, boys game tonight due to COVID with some of our staff. But we will have the middle school game on Monday night on the radio, I think around 6 o'clock. And then on Tuesday night, we'll have the boys varsity game at home against Medcalf. Yeah, should be exciting. And uh, – Getting our tournaments right around the corner, isn't it? Yes, it is. We actually uh, had our athletic director meeting uh, a couple weeks ago, and and we uh, getting everything set. And of course, the the regional tournament will all be played at Diddle Arena again this year. The district tournament starts the I believe it's the week of February twenty first. And now where's where's it's the district? At Clinton County this year. They'll okay. host the sixteenth district tournament. And um, then the, the winners and runners-up will advance on to uh, Diddle Arena for the regional tournament. So It's an exciting time. Best, great, great time for us basketball fans. It is, and it's so wonderful uh, this year to be able to get back to the, uh, the gyms being full and, and cheerleaders and band and just more of a normal crowd. Yeah. Uh, it's meant a lot to the players, I know that. Yeah. 
yeah, I got to go to the All-A State Tournament last night in Richmond, and uh, I thought the same thing. I mean, uh, alumni coliseum there at Richmond, two-thirds full, you know, and a uh, really good crowd. You had Bracken County, uh, Walton, Verona, and Lyon County, and Breathitt County, Campbellsville, you know, and, then, and the gym was two-thirds full, and I thought, this is just great. Pretty good crowd. Pretty good crowd, and it's great to have people back. Uh, other sports, other things going on. Football. Do we have a coach? Uh, We've been we, waiting three months. Do we have a coach? We uh, we did. Once we got the job posted, the first of December, uh, we we uh, the committee was formed, and we have been interviewing uh, and meeting the last couple of weeks. Uh, last last night, we had our final committee meeting. Uh, after our interviews uh, early in the week, uh, we have a recommendation to to present to the site based council and to go on to Mister. Ford and the recommendation is Lucas Ford for the next head football coach at Russell County High School. Tell us a little bit about him. Lucas Ford, no relation to Michael Ford. We want to point that out. Yes, I, 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 that's true. I was teasing him uh, about that, that, uh, that there wasn't cousins or anything, were they? But, no, uh, Coach Ford comes to us. Uh, he, he's got a very good uh, track record. He He's had head coaching experience. He coached at Caverna. He uh, coached at Macquarie Central High School for three years. And uh, actually came back to Somerset. He was part of the coaching staff for the state championship team that, that won the state for, for Somerset. So he has got a lot of good experiences. He's worked under a lot of really good coaches through his time. And uh, we're looking forward to him uh, him uh, leading our Laker football program. Well, maybe we can get him on the, on the program. Who all uh, – who, uh, who were the committee members? Uh, of course, you, you had Miss Tarter. She was the chairman of the committee, being principal. the principal. Yes, and then uh, myself, and then you had um, Adam Ellis was a community stakeholder that was on the committee. Um, also, we had uh, Greg Allen and and then Lene Riggins, uh, Roy Coffey, and then uh, Bucky Walters. So we had two community stakeholders uh, on that as well. So that was the committee. Great. And so um, process is that will be the recommendation of the committee. Site base has to accept that recommendation, and then Mr. Ford has to give final approval as to the hire. Yes, yes, to give the final approval. And, so. and time frame on getting all that done? I, I think it, it should be a, a pretty quick turnaround. Uh, I, I think Ms. Tarter will probably call a special call meeting. Uh, I would like to be able to, by the – I'm not going to say the first, but by the middle to end of next week, have a meet and greet and introduce uh, Coach Ford and, and let everyone in the community get to know him. So, Well, if he's around next Friday, we've got uh, Secretary Gray on. but uh, We'd love to have him. Maybe yeah. work in some time for him and uh, let him uh, talk about the football program. Of course, uh, all of the uh, the alums and uh, just the fans and the parents, you know, just uh, really, uh, uh, I think, getting a little antsy. Oh yeah, you yeah, know that's who we're going to keep, and uh, you, you know, Michael. One of the one of the problems uh, we've had players wanting to go to, uh, I, I jokingly refer to the transfer portal that it seems we have, and we're losing uh, athletes, uh, which back in my day was unheard of. But uh, how how do we address that? How do you keep players wanting to play for Russell County? You know, you got them going to Southwestern. We got one going to Somerset. We have some going to. Uh, Adair County, wherever, and yeah. I, I don't know. It's uh, is there an answer? I, I don't know that there's an answer. I know that it's a statewide thing. I mean, I know we it's it's closer to us being here in Russell County, but it it's happening all across the state. And and you know, the thing about it is, there's no easy fix to it. Um, like you said back in in the days, you you would have never thought of even in doing that. You wanted to grow up being a Laker and graduate from Russell County High School as a Laker. But, you know, times has changed. Uh, we, we've tried to address different situations and things. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a concern across the board in all athletics. And it's happening all across the state. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's, it's addressed at every athletic director meeting. There's a section we have meetings on, you know, how, how do we address this, how do we stop this, and – and the KHSAA staff, you know, I, I know Darren Bilberry really well. He's the one that's over that portion. And uh, he stays backlog 
continuously with with transfer paperwork because it's a very lengthy document that has to be exchanged back and forth and things. I mean, like how that. do you how do you go to say if you want to play for Somerset High School or you want to play for PC or whoever? How do you do that? I mean, I lived at Royville. I couldn't live anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, that's the you know. There's different. There's different things that you can check your reason for transfer the the most common is bona fide change of address by the entire family Mm -hmm. so you know what what should happen there is that they uh, they have moved into a new school district bought a home sold their home enroll in school sure and then start uh so that that's the most common one but there's there's six or seven different ones you can check um, yeah, family illness, a, a lot of different ones that, that apply. But if you look at KHSAA uh, minutes, um, it's a problem everywhere. Yes. It really is. And many, many, many cases are out there. Um, I, I like to refer to it as they're doing it at the college level, so high school kids think they can do it too. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of it. That's truth. When, when, and when you look at uh, – you take your your college athletics right now and what this transfer portal has opened up uh it, it's just it's astonishing to me that that you know kids can sign with this team and then the next year be playing for somebody else what's what do you view michael as athletic director as the long-term commitment to the football program as far as uh, I just want us to get back into, you know, number one, we've got to get our numbers back up. Yeah. We need our numbers up. But we need to bring the championship football, competing for district championships, regional championships, back to Russell County. And, you know, we may not always be the fastest, uh, but but we want, to be, we want to be strong. We want to be in shape. We want to do all those things and, and carry on the Laker football tradition uh, that's been – so rich over the last 52, 53 years that we've had. But but what's the commitment of the district, in your opinion, uh, as athletic director, to building the facilities? I mean, when you go to facilities around us, whether it's Barron County, whether you go to Somerset, you go to Southwestern. Warren East, Warren Central. Warren East, Warren Central, Glasgow. You go to all these places around us, and they have these state-of-the-art training facilities. They have new football fields. You know, there's only a couple of schools in this area of the state that play football on the outfield of the baseball field. Yes, I and think we're one three. of them. Yeah, yeah and we're one of them. So that's what I'm asking. It, it, is there discussions going on among school people, among administrators, yourself, how do we get to that next level from a facility standpoint? Well, we do have a facilities committee uh, that meet, and, and they have looked at, at different options of, of trying to get some upgrades and things. Uh, I, I can't personally right now tell you how high up on the totem pole that is, but 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 it w- it is something that needs to be addressed. You know, uh, now we're going to a lot of places that have. Um, turf fields, new athletic yeah. facilities. You know, we did do a major renovation just a few years back on our weight room facility, mm-hmm. uh, which cost, you know, a lot of money, and we had a lot of support with that. Uh, so it's just trying to build a little bit at a time as we can. But, uh, you know, it is it is a, a concern and something we need to keep pressing on and, and stay up to date on. So, so as of right now, you know of no plans to build a new football field? No, I, I'm not aware. I do know right now, uh, which is a very positive note, uh, we, are, we are in the process of getting our track redone in a new track facility. Yeah, I was going to ask about the track our, surface. Our track team has not been able to host a track meet at home, uh, and, and I know it's probably at least been 20 years. Yeah. Wow. So that's you know, at one time that was one of the best tracks around. Yes, it, first it, it was, first constructed. It was very eight lanes. Yeah, it was very nice when it came about. So, you know, I know right now that's that's the direction trying to get that settled, um, and uh, so you know I'm I'm looking forward to having a, a nice track where where they can uh, have the new surface on there. When's that happening? I don't have an official timeline. I just know that they've started moving the dirt as far as getting the fill in and yeah. they're going to have to turn it a little bit and do some things but uh i don't have an official date on that what kind of surface will be on it 
Michael. The synthetic that they have on all the tracks. Won't be that asphalt anymore? No, no, it'll be a rubberized. <laughs> yeah, it's the rubberized synthetic. Yeah. So, um, a lot of things going on. You you are extremely busy in all these different sports. And I just want to say we appreciate you uh, and what you do. Uh, I don't think – and that's one of the things Tony and I talked about. We wanted people to understand – it's not just football and it's not just basketball and it's not just baseball. It's all these other things that are going on that require just as much attention and should for the kids that are involved. And so it's it's a big ordeal. But I guess my final question is, if this community wanted to build a stronger foundation for the football program, let's just say, what can they do? Well, I uh... – you know, as far as building the foundation, as far as are – are you talking as far as, like, uh, facilities? Uh, facilities, yeah. Yeah, I think that would just be reaching out and, and, and you know, getting getting the support to uh, – with the uh, with the planning committee that's looking at, at, at the, you know, the functions as far as what we're building, how we're yeah. going about building, how funds are used and things like that. Uh, that, that would be a big help, uh, too, to look at that and – you know, we've had some price estimates come in over the years looking at turf and different things. And, you know, the last one that came in, I think, was like $1.2 million uh, to turf everything inside the fences for baseball and uh, football. Well, Rex Roach done part of it himself during well, the COVID he, year. He has one scoop at a time. <laughs> he has, yes. Coach Rex Roach did. But uh, that would be a, a big help. Uh, I, so, you know, we want to encourage folks that – that get out and talk about we you know we need a stronger football program we need better facilities there are ways for people to get involved and not just financially right. to make that a reality and uh uh you know so coach ford we look forward to meeting him um is he teaching coaching now anywhere where is he uh yeah he's currently uh teaching in somerset okay. he teaches special education over there so uh he will you know hopefully uh get transitioned uh, as soon as he can here we do have uh we do have an opening at the middle school uh so you know we're hoping that's gonna happen sooner than later and and you know now's the time for football players to be weightlifting and doing those things um and they need their coach here right? yeah they do i i want to thank our assistant coaches they they've took the realm and our winter workouts and everything is carried right on uh, they've been in the weight room. They're in the weight room every day or after school. So, you know, all that is taking place. But we want to get the head coach in place so there's a true vision on where we're going yep. and what we're doing. And build that foundation. And, and we need a new press box, too, at football. You know, it's a little wobbly <laughs> yes, up there. Yes, when you go I, in there and replace that floor. I, I, I'm well aware of the trips I have up there. I get a little nervous sometimes when it, it gets too, It shakes a little, doesn't it? it gets yeah. A little, it if gets, it gets a little windy, it's – Yeah, especially when you get a few on the top. I, yeah. have, oh. I have to limit that. I have some – opposing coaches or, or things that want to put additional people up there and yeah. i just have to limit that because yeah. it gets a little rocky sometimes. Yeah, it does michael carpenter thank you so much for coming in appreciate the information and uh, uh go lakers appreciate you appreciate you all that jrs does for us uh and I always enjoy listening to your show. I listen to it every Friday when I get an opportunity, if I'm working or have it playing. And so, yeah. well, thank appreciate you. Thank, thank you, Michael. Thank Thanks, you. man. Don't forget tonight the uh, girls game at Clinton County has been uh, postponed, hopefully to be played next Friday night. Uh, but the girls basketball team's in quarantine as of uh, this morning, so that game will not be played. It'll be a boys JV varsity only at Clinton County tonight. Unfortunately. We will not have that game on the radio due to COVID has hit our staff as well, Tony. Yep. Uh, but Monday night, uh, we will have the 8th grade middle school conference championship on the radio about 6 o'clock Monday night. So we'll spread the word on that. We look forward to having that uh, middle school basketball game. And, and Jeff, if that game's exciting as the one last night, yeah. that's going to be oh, something yeah. to listen to. Yeah, you know, I, I watch that video, and I'm like, yeah, we need to, we need to have that on the radio. <laughs> so we're going to do it. Um, Eric, Listen, Jeff, just really exciting. 
new head coach at Russell County High School. It looks like it's going to be for football. Lucas Ford. Yeah. We've been waiting for that. Uh, it comes to us from Somerset. And uh, we are going to, as you just heard, Michael Carpenter, hopefully have him on uh, uh, next week as part of our uh, program. Uh, uh, I know a lot of the parents have been waiting uh, and see who it's going to be. That's who the recommendation is. Now it goes through site-based and all that. That's just uh, – just, uh, you know, a formality, I think, and uh, he'll be hired. So Lucas Ford comes to us from Somerset, part of that state championship they had two years ago. And, of course, Somerset has a, a, a tradition. They've been playing football there for way over 100 years. Yeah, and an excellent committee. I mean, uh, Mr. Carpenter named off the persons that are on, that were on that committee and excellent folks on there. I mean, Bucky Walters, uh, Adam Ellis, uh, you know, the other folks, Lene Riggins, Roy Coffey, I mean, uh, it's a good group, so um, we accept their recommendations wholeheartedly and look forward to supporting Coach Ford and the football team as, as they move forward. Right now, we're going to talk with uh, uh, a very busy young lady by the name of Kim Taylor. Kim is the manager at Kentucky Fried Chicken in Russell Springs in Columbia. And good morning, Miss Kim. Good morning. How are you today? You, you busy? Well, I'm good. You beaten down? I'm just just slightly busy, and I do want to apologize for my voice uh, before I even get started. Um, we've had a crazy, crazy busy week, and I've done a lot of uh, coaching, correcting, and celebrating, mostly celebrating. And so my voice, uh, I'm about to laryngitis stage, <laughs> but it's all good. Well, um, the community, obviously, very excited about Kentucky Fried Chicken and I don't know if you heard the beginning of the program, but radio station had a post up on uh, social media. I think Zach Oaks put a picture up of the new KFC building with the sign that said opening soon or whatever. 30,000 people viewed that, 300 or so commented about how excited they were that KFC was open. What's all the excitement about? It's just chicken, right? (laughs) Well, that's my motto. I tell my my, um, staff, I was like, don't stress yourself out about any of this. It's just chicken. (laughs) Colonel Sanders chicken. uh, We have have a legacy to uphold, and uh, we have to every day do it just like the Colonel did. Uh, Mill made the hard way. Uh, People are super, super excited anytime a new restaurant comes into town. Uh, so this wasn't, you know, anything different. This is my fourth um, brand-new store opening, uh, so I've seen uh, this before. But to be quite frank, uh, the numbers, the sales that we're seeing at Russell Springs was a little bit of a surprise for us. We have had some huge, huge, huge sales days, and uh, we weren't really expecting it to be as big as it's been, but uh, the community has come out in droves to enjoy this uh, chicken, and it's so exciting to be a part of this. It's so exciting to see all of the faces and all of the people, and we're already seeing repeat customers, and we've only been open since Monday. So we're super, super excited and very, very thankful for all the support we've received from the community thus far. Kim, uh, what are your hours? We are open uh, 10.30 in the morning until 10 at night to serve all of these wonderful people and uh, get all that chicken out to you guys. Is that every day of the week? That is seven days a week. Okay, so you're till 10 o'clock? Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, can you give us a little hint uh, about those 11 herbs and spices, that big secret? <laughs> well, that unfortunately is still a trade secret, and uh, I, even if I did know, you would never know. <laughs> <laughs> so is it uh, the chicken, is it still uh, like pressure fried? It is. We still use the pressure fryers. We still do everything just the way the colonel did it. Uh, back in the 1930s and 40s when he first started. So uh, nothing has changed uh, at all. We hand-bred all of our chicken products every single day. We fry up fresh batches uh, every 30 minutes. Uh, so we have not changed or deviated in any way from uh, the Colonel Sanders standards. It's incredible. How, how many employees uh, do you have, Kim? We currently uh, have about 40 employees. Uh, we were super, super blessed uh, to wow. be able to get an an amazing uh, group of uh, people of all ages, 16 and up, uh, that are currently working for KFC. We're still hiring, hiring every day. We get new hires every day. 
So uh, we have some trained and some still in training. Uh, we are still working out the hiccups and always tell all of our customer base with these new openings, have a little patience with us because uh, we are doing a whole, whole lot uh, and on really very limited training. I think we trained about a month. Um, most of the crew that I have have trained about a month prior to this opening. So, And they only had six hours in that Western Springs store before it opened on Monday. So uh, they kind of went into it a little bit blind. And we are, like I said, still working out uh, some hiccups and kinks. And there's going to be a mess up order here or there. But I always tell everybody, just let us know. We will absolutely make it right for you every single time. Yeah. Uh, what about your training? I think they're they're very uh, diligent, and you have a rigorous program for managing, don't yes. you? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I started with uh, JRS, which is a franchise company, uh, back in April. Uh, I knew pretty early on that uh, Russell Springs was going to be uh, the next build uh, when I started over at Columbia. Uh, I trained for um, from April to August uh, as far as the management side with KFC. Um, and then I continue to train and continue to grow with this company. So uh, they want to make sure that uh, the manager, managers and all of the crew are trained. Uh, there is all kinds of training that goes into this. And uh, it is a lot to take on. And I'm so, so proud of all of my staff that's taken this responsibility on. And they've just ran with it. Kim, you talked about uh, hiring people. What is the employee pay scale? What are you, I know uh, fast food is uh, paying more now than it did, say, five years ago. So wh what is your pay scale? Well, for all of our team members, we start out at $10 an hour. And then anything, um, you know, we, we try to pay everyone according to their experience. There are some people in the store who make more, and that's going to be according to your experience. We're trying to draw in the very best of the best people. And one of the ways that you can do that is what are you willing to pay? What are you willing to give to those people that work so hard for you? And it's always been uh, my belief that, uh, you know, if you take care of your people, they'll take care of your stores. Do you have insurance and all of that? There are benefits. Uh, this company does offer benefits. So it's uh, a phenomenal company to work for. Jane Kelly Shoffer, the owners, I do an outstanding job. They do a whole lot of uh, giving back to the community. Well, I'm working right now on getting a, a KFC on the Laker cards. Kim Bell reached out to me about that. Uh, so we're trying to work out a promotion uh, so that we can be on the Laker cards this year. Hopefully that will happen for us. Great. Uh, that's that's really good. If people are interested in working, you said you're hiring every day. What do they every need day. to do? Anybody that is interested in working for us, they can come to the store and apply, or they can go online, jrskfc.com, and apply. Kim, thank you so much for taking just a few minutes with us. Hope your voice gets better. But uh, we're glad, we're happy to have KFC in Russell County. I know you're going to do a great job, and best wishes to you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you for letting me come on, and we are so, so thrilled uh, to be a part of this community. Thank you, Kim. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Kim Taylor with uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Tony um, uh, went by the other day. Uh, we had a bucket last night. <laughs> Did you? It's pretty so, good. You know, I love uh, the drumsticks. <laughs> yeah, so um, a lot of excitement to have KFC in Russell County, and I know Kim's going to do a good job. And uh, uh, you know, the forty employees—that—that's surprising. That's a lot of employees. Well, when you're open every day from ten thirty till ten, yeah, twelve they, hours almost. Yeah, yeah that's uh, you know seven days a week. That—that's pretty good. All right. Uh, we're going to shift from chicken, and now we're going to talk about roads. And uh, we're joined by our good friend Amber Hale with the Kentucky Department of Transportation in Somerset. Good morning, Amber. Good morning, Jeff and Tony. How are y'all? We are good. good. We are good. How are you? Good, good. So give us a little update on what's going on with the repairs at the dam. I know yesterday you said... You had some updated information about the road opening and all that. Yeah, uh, of course, Mr. Derek Aaron called me a few weeks ago, and we done a short little interview uh, regarding uh, the rock slide and rock mitigation project that's been going on just below the dam there. And uh, we are finishing that up. Uh, all the rock removal has been completed. They're right now just basically in the cleanup stage of the process. And um, 
at that time, we didn't know how the pavement um, beneath the the rock slide there was going to turn out and if it would be safe enough for traffic to travel on. And we still had to investigate that and, and look into that to see if it would be safe, safe enough to open it up to uh, back to two lanes of traffic. And found out yesterday that uh, our engineers say that while it, it will be maybe a little bit of rough pavement, uh, we are going to open that up back up to two lanes. So we will be removing those traffic signals shortly. Um, we have to get it striped, and so they've got the contractor on standby, and as soon as weather permits, we will be getting in there and laying down some stripes on the roadway, and we'll be removing those traffic signals. Are you going to put, uh, back up. Are you going to put some new blacktop, I guess, as soon as it gets warm enough to do it? Yes, we do have a paving contract. Um, it's done out there, and, of course, that will happen you know, later this spring, early summer, uh, but it is there as soon as the blacktop plants can open up. But for now, we realize it's a, it's a big inconvenience, you know, with that one lane and with the traffic signals there, and, of course, with that long distance that they have to travel, you know, that light can get, you know, long at times. So we want to try to get it open back up as quickly as possible. So right now we're going to go ahead and open it back up to two lanes, and we will be putting new pavement down. Amber, that will be a few months later. You know, that light is much needed, but what if you're there and there's nobody coming, then you still got to wait. That's what drives you crazy. Yeah, and, and that's the downfall with those temporary lights. Of course, you know, they're not like, you know, a normal traffic signal that's installed at, you know, our intersections where we can actually, you know, build into the pavement uh, what we call our traffic loops, which detect, you know, traffic that is coming down the roadway. Those types of lights, you know, we have to set those up just on timers. So we set them in locations. We time to see how much, you know, time the traffic would need to clear the area before the next one can change. So, yeah, that that does kind of get a little aggravating and, and stuff, but that's just part of it. Amber, is, uh, is the project completed down there with a rock wall? Is that, uh, is that finished, or is there plans to remove more of it? Uh, right now, the rock removal is complete. Uh, with the um, the funding that we got for that, you know, right now that is, you know, we've, we've used up that funding. So all of the rock that was going to be removed at this time has been removed. You know, not to say that future projects won't come about to remove any more rock in that area, but it is uh, what you see now is, is going to be there until we get any more funding. It's, it's really altered the appearance of that when you... When you drive over the dam heading towards Albany and you look at it, it's, it's radically different. But uh, one of the reasons it took so long, you couldn't use dynamite to blow that rock out. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Uh, and that's, that was kind of what took us a little bit longer to even get started on it. Uh, I know it, it sat there for a little while. Of course, we had you know to figure out you know the funding since it was going to be an emergency repair. But... When you're working in that close proximity to the Wolf Creek Dam, you know, we had to work really close with the Corps of Engineers because we don't want to interfere anything with that. So we had to have many meetings with them and see what we could do and what we couldn't do. And Yeah, when you can bring dynamite or something in to remove rock, it does go a lot quicker. But in this situation, we just couldn't. So why would you just take the jackhammers and just uh, drill holes and just chisel it out? That was basically what it was, yeah. I mean, the old-fashioned way. Yeah, the old-fashioned way. They <laughs> they brought in equipment and, and went from the top and just chiseled it off. So. so the big news is very shortly, very soon, it's going to be two-lane. The barriers are going to be moved, open it up to two lanes, and the temporary stoplights are coming down. Exactly, exactly, yes. Uh, right now, we're just waiting on, on the weather, too. We've got to get the temperatures up a little bit to where the the paint and the striping will adhere to the pavement and, and will dry. We don't want to paint no vehicles. So. <laughs> I, know, I know two district judges and the family court judge will really be happy with that because oh, when they yeah. travel back and forth, and a lot of people that uh, use oh, that. Yeah, yeah, no, we I'm, have a lot of traffic that travels that direction. I know some people who sit there and they see nothing coming from the, all of the other side of the dam and they go on even though it may be a red light. 
I'll take the fifth. I'm not going to say anything else, but I do know some people that <laughs> do that from time to time. But uh, it's great news, and uh, it looks so much better and hopefully, obviously, much safer for travel now. Um, let's shift gears real quick. Any update on 127? Uh, right now, there's still, of course, we opened up the one section here back a few months ago. That's, uh, you know, getting well reviews uh people mm-hmm. are enjoying that although it is kind of like a, a short piece of the segment uh they're still working you know past 55 in that area you know doing uh, just little work corrective work and stuff so the next section which will go from um this side of the river on into clinton county that is scheduled for an april wedding so right now it's still on the books and and we're ready to go with it it's what about the bridge things. That's what she's talking about. Okay. That will be, yes. yes. That will be in that letter. The next section, yes, it will begin on this side of the Cumberland River and will include the bridge over the river, and it will go on into Clinton County to the intersection of Kentucky 63, which is roughly about four miles into Clinton County. Yeah, and and that money was appropriated a couple of years ago. Obviously, we've all been a little frustrated at, has it, the letting hasn't happened yet. I think it's been said about three times and canceled each time, and I know that's not your fault, but next Friday, I don't know if you heard earlier, but your boss, Secretary Jim Gray, uh, is going to be on the program to talk about 127. Uh, any message you want us to send him about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's doing a wonderful job, and, you know, he hears all of us whenever we make our pleas, and, and he does an excellent job uh, in his position and, you know, pushing as much as he can, you know, when he can and, and doing everything as, as wonderful. You well, know, he's, he's a, been wonderful. You know, he, he's a really good guy. He's been a friend of mine for about 20 years, and he has a lot of connections to Russell County, and he's going to share some of those connections and stories about his friendships and relationships over the years with people from Russell County. And uh, I mean, he really does. He loves this area, yeah. and uh, he told me yesterday he thinks it's going to be a good day on the radio, so I'm hoping that uh, we're going to have even more good news about the 127 project next uh, next Friday from Secretary Gray. Yeah, yeah. He when he first took uh, his position as Secretary of Transportation, this was one of the first counties that he came to. Um, he got brought in. You know, it was kind of close there to snow and ice season, and, and met with our barn, and and I was there with him, and he, you know, was really bragging on on this area. He really loves this this part of the state. Amber, I have to brag on your people. They, they've done a great job with the snow and ice that we've got this year so far. Yes, yes. Our our guys and, and girls, we've got several girls that uh, are also driving our snow plows. They, they do an excellent job. And, you know, we always say among transportation, this is kind of like our Super Bowl season, the snow and ice season, because this is about one of the only times that our crews get recognized, you know, because when that snow starts hitting the pavement, people are wanting their roads cleared. And, uh, you know, they they do a wonderful job. And with all the obstacles that they've been faced with over the last couple of years with the COVID and stuff, they have just really done great. Have you had a problem of keeping enough drivers with uh, COVID and things? We have actually been very lucky. Uh, we have had some drivers, of course, that's been quarantined at, at different times and at various occasions. Uh, but we have put together, we put together a few years back uh, what we call our strike force team. We have a strike force team that's for the state that is in central office in case, you know, we have big ice storms or things that hit certain areas of the state or all across the state. But we also put together a strike force team within our district. And that team consists of CDL drivers that have been trained and know how to operate our snowplow and all of our equipment that are actually in other sections of our district and don't work on our maintenance crews, you know, on a daily basis. So that's not their priority job. But if needed, we do call on them and they do come out and, and fill in where they're needed. And we've got some that will travel, you know, all across our district just to plow snow. So 
Well, you know, those CDL drivers are going to be really in high demand. Uh, as you know, the federal regulations, and, and Jeff, this I'm sure most of the truck drivers know this, uh, beginning the 7th of uh, uh, February, all CDL applicants must have completed a CDL training program somewhere. That's uh, And hopefully they can offer one up here at the regional college, but uh, I know some of the community college, uh, but uh, the private groups can do it, which I, I don't agree with that. I think, uh, you know, it ought to be made available, but that's a federal mandate, and yeah. uh, the truck drivers know it. So anybody want to get a CDL, if you can do it before the 7th, of uh, February, you don't have to take those classes. You just go in and take the test and pass all the other stuff. Right, right. Well, Amber, yeah. we thank our, our uh, folks out there on the highways, keeping them uh, clean and removing the snow and the ice. But I want to give a shout out also to you because you yep. are always responsive to our questions, to our invitations to come on mm -hmm. and talk about whatever the issue is. And, and uh, we're just proud of you and the job that you do. And uh, thank you for always being so responsive. Yep. Well, I appreciate it. And I, I love doing it. So anytime. And thank you all for having me and, and coming to me and asking me questions. I, I like that. I, I like for people to come straight to us. You know, <laughs> nowadays there's a lot of, as they call it, fake news, you know, that yeah. gets out there and a lot of rumors <laughs> that get stirred. So I like for, you know, people to come come straight to me and ask me questions and i'm i'm here and i'm willing to give you all the information i can well we appreciate you very much and uh, listen next friday to uh, secretary gray it's going to be a great I program will, i will okay yes, it will. have a good day I amber thank you. you you too thank you right. you know jeff roads affect us all yep and everybody wants their road fixed yep that's that's for ask, sure ask any magistrate <laughs> So, Jeff Hoover, Tony Kerr on all things Russell. We've had a great program so far. Michael Carpenter, uh, Kim Taylor with KFC, Amber Hale Transportation. Now we're going to talk to uh, Regina Hinton. Uh, Regina is the new mayor in the city of Jamestown, and uh, she's been on, on the job a little less than 30 days, but we thought we'd get her on, Tony, and say, how's your first 30 days in office? Mayor, are you there? I'm here, Jeffrey. Well, good morning. How are you? Good morning to you. I'm doing pretty good. Glad it's Friday. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all, yeah. <laughs> well, Tony, Tony and I just uh, wanted to check in with you and uh, see how the first 30 days as mayor of Jamestown is going. Well, it's, it's been going pretty good. There's been... Uh, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things to do, um, especially, I guess, the first of the year. There's a lot more going on, um, lots of paperwork that has to be done and things signed and meetings to go to, and it's it's been a busy first <laughs> few weeks. A little busier than maybe you thought it would be? Well, I really didn't know what to expect because... Um, when you're on the council, you really don't know what all that the mayor does. I mean, yeah. you hear parts of it in the council meetings and, you know, some things. But, yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a bit. <laughs> Regina, you know, the Kentucky League of Cities is very involved. And, you know, they offer a lot of uh, trainings and stuff. You're going to take advantage of those? We are, Tony. We've already checked on, um, they're going to have a meeting, I believe it's February the 23rd, and we've already got plans to uh, try to attend that up in Frankfurt. So that'll be the first one that I've been to, but um, looking forward to that and meeting a lot of people and try to, you know, be able to get a lot of information that will help us at the city. Who, uh, who are you going to have at Lake Fest? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or is well, it a little early? <laughs> That's a little, uh, we haven't, uh, we're ready to start working on late days, but we haven't actually um, looked at who's available or we're going to try to look at some local people and then, of course, try to have some, uh, you know, someone, a uh, big attraction at the end like we normally do. But um, we haven't got to that point yet. We are uh, working on a, uh, a new festival that uh, we're hoping we can work out. It's... Um, 
I think it was actually the first day after I was sworn in, <laughs> I met with um, Jeff Recker. His wife has a business up on the square in Jamestown, and he had a big interest in getting a uh, event started uh, to kick off summer. So we're actually working with him on that um, for a date to have a, uh, if it works out like we're hoping, we're going to have uh, some a lot of vendors and some music going on, maybe hopefully like a pontoon parade around the square, something to kick off summer and get some people in here maybe interested, some of your tourists and like people to try to bring people out to Jamestown. A pontoon parade. I've never heard of that. That's that's pretty neat. It would be neat That's if you've seen awesome. if you yeah if you've seen those new pontoons and the prices on them. It, the, the pontoon, Jeff, on the lake on Lake Cumberland, it's not the ones that uh, that we used to uh, travel on. Travel, float, float, whatever. <laughs> it's not it's not like Dwight Hadley's old pontoon. It don't look like any pontoons I've ever rode on either. Yeah, Regina. Earlier this week, uh, you got a new city council member actually to take. Uh, your seat on the city council. Tell us about that. We did. Actually, um, Ada Markham Lawson was nominated by the council and uh, was voted in to take my seat. And then we actually uh, sworn her in this week. Uh, We had actually 30 days to pick someone and get them uh, sworn into the position. And we were kind of running out of time. So, um, after she accepted it, then we just had a short thing, and HK come up and and swore her in, and so we're looking forward to Ada coming onto the council, and believe she'll be a, a good asset to us. Yeah, she brings a lot of energy and uh, loves Jamestown, and we're proud for the city and proud for Ada. She'll she'll do a really good job. Yeah, we, uh, she's, uh, she's got a lot of business experience, too, mm-hmm. and, you know, has been involved in a lot of different businesses, and mm-hmm. and, and that's a plus sometimes. Before we go, Regina, um, for again, congratulations to you. We're, we're happy for you. We know you're going to do a good job. Any decision yet on whether or not you're going to run for mayor? I knew that was coming, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know... Um, I've debated that a lot, and I've been asked that a lot. And um, right now, and this is what I've told everybody, I I would like to pursue that and try to run. Um, I thought I would take the first few months. Of course, I I have a job here uh, at the bank that keeps me pretty busy. So uh, I thought I would take, you know, the first few months to see how it goes to make sure that I feel like I can take on what is expected to be done and can do that um, for everything that needs done for the city. But um, probably looking, you know, I, I would like to do that if I see that it works out good. Good. If, good. The, if the filing deadline were today, what would you do? You're putting me on a spot. <laughs> he is, isn't he? I mean, <laughs> you just said you wanted to take a few months and see how it was and but but you're inclined to run assuming you have the time to do the duties and that that's so important that that you do have the time but i know in talking to some of the city council they're very excited to have you as mayor and people around the town are and uh we just appreciate you being on the show and talking with us and and the work that you're doing and we look forward obviously to hearing more from you a little later well, Jeffrey, Tony, I appreciate it, and I do want to say uh, I had so, I've had so much help. Of course, I needed it, but I've had the city employees, um, the council. I couldn't ask for anybody any better as far as any time I had a question, I call down, talk to Tyler, Debbie, Neil, whoever. They're so eager to help and um they're very knowledgeable about everything going on in the city and and what needs done. So I depend on them a lot, and I just appreciate all that they do to help. Well, Mayor, thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us, and uh, it's Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Continued success thank to you. you. All right. That's thank Mayor you all. Regina Hinton.
of the city of Jamestown. And, uh, Tony, we're now going, before we round out the program. Quick thing here. Blood Drive yesterday, sponsored by Jack's Cool Convenience. We have these the fourth Thursday of the month, of course. And uh, draw us out a winner for $100. We'll can't read the last name. You may be able to. William, uh, well, a little hard to read on that last one, but I do have a phone number. I'll call them. Call a phone number. They'll give me the last name for $100. Okay, We yeah. appreciate Jack's uh, cool convenience for uh, Folks, that's that. going to do it for all things Russell today. Don't forget, next Friday, Secretary Jim Gray will be on the program on February the 11th. We're going to have a history of the Bank of Jamestown. February the 18th, the life and history of Silas Sullivan. All of those upcoming programs right here on All Things Russell. For Tony Kerr, I'm Jeff Hoover. Have a great weekend, everyone.